Welcome everyone to Battle Driven. I'm Jeff Fredrickson, and I play mostly Grimkin. I'm Dan Riker, and I play mostly Signar. And this week we have our Patreon Tier 3 person, Seth. Hey Welcome everybody! Seth. How are you? So, tell us a little bit about yourself, Seth, because you are a man well-known in, I'd say, the East Coast meta, right? I... I have some credibility in the East Coast, I would say. Maybe a little bit in Canada. I'm a old, old NJSOB, uh, back from the original crowd. I'm a Mark I player. I've never been particularly good at the game. At some point, I uh, decided that my contribution was going to be in, in, in community building and organizing, etc. So I've been doing a lot of judging, you know, a lot of uh, organizing, especially after uh, the press gang disappeared, doing a lot of organizing, mm-hmm. getting things moving. Um, and uh, yeah, so I'm playing Kador right now. I'm still having a ton of fun with Kador. My gator army is staring down at me from the second shelf, feeling very uh, lonely and sad, but I will get back to them eventually. And uh, there was too good of a deal to pass up on a COC army, so that's looking at me right now, too. Um, oh my goodness! Yeah, you know it's that same old story, right? You got all these armies and things that you want to play, but you know you only have so much time. I've got a, I got a family. I got a, a very demanding job, and you know you get your one game a week, maybe two if you're lucky, and then once a month you get a tournament. So there's only so much swapping around armies you can do. Mm. Yeah, yep. and then I'm also the. Uh, uh, Creator, along with Steven Rabideau, we created the Boker Brawl. We're in our third year this October. I'm going to try to not spend our entire time together talking about the Boker Brawl. Uh, (laughs) But it is an amazing time. We are growing. We're getting bigger. We have 19 teams registered. Uh, We have a team event Saturday to Sunday. We have uh, what we call the Boker Big Base Brawl. So if you want to come and play in a steamroller and be one of the top 15 players, you walk away with a huge base model. And wow. this year we have a Warfare Weekend qualifier also happening on that Friday. We got Monpoc, uh, one tournament each day all weekend in some different formats. Uh, we have a Blood Bowl tournament this year happening on the Saturday. Uh, space for open play and, uh, you know, just, just trying to really do great stuff to make people want to come out and play games. Sounds know, awesome. I know yep. this is not something that you wanted us to, to, to take the entire episode to talk about. I just really want to use you guys as a really amazing example of if you build it, they will come. So this started out as, hey, we really don't have that many big Northeast events anymore, especially with TempleCon going away. We really only have like CaptainCon, then you kind of go uh, like Nova, and then it's all in Canada for the most part. Right. So, so you were like, you know what? We can do this. This can't be that hard. And then you found out it was pretty hard. It was pretty freaking hard. <laughs> you guys still, you got, you know, you took the reins and you, you, you figured out what you had to do. And I, I mean, Boca Brawl is an amazing event. I cannot Thank recommend you. it enough. Thank you. Um, watching it go from a, a points event immediately to, to a qualifier should really just show everyone the, the quality of event that it is. Um, yeah. And... Oh my god, the space between the tables, the area, I don't know if you guys are in the same place again. Um, oh yes, oh yes, oh, same even place. It was, it, yeah. was, it was well aerated, it was, you know, there was no day three BO lingering right, around right. the area. Is um, it um, in the same spot as the first year, or has it moved since No, then? it's moved. Yeah, it's it's like the, first year, the first year, it was one day, it was a three-person team event, and that hall was packed with uh, 16 teams, and mm-hmm. at the time, that was right after the 
Was it right after Mark III dropped or a year after Mark III, Mark III dropped? Around that area. I think a year after, yeah. And what had happened was the everyone's club in, in Pennsylvania, New York, New Jersey, everyone's game club just lost players, right? We were bleeding players at that point. Yeah, yeah. And we said, you know, the East Coast Rumble's gone. Uh, we got to do something to, to bring the metas together, to bring people together, to show that we got a lot of folks who still love playing this game and love playing games together. And um, we were packed in there, but the beer was cheap and the food came out very slowly from the kitchen. But uh, we had a ton of you know giveaways and we just wanted to make the event as fun as possible. And when we got yeah. to the last round, do you guys remember this? We got to the last round and I said, and no team has dropped. And everyone cheered, right? Yeah, and and, and, um, and that's when I knew we were on to something. And everyone was like, mm-hmm. oh, Seth, make it three days, do more. Yep, yep. And um, last year, it, oh, gosh, what a monumental task it was. And I got to be honest, and I really appreciate everything great everyone says about the brawl. But there were four people who were supposed to be working the whole weekend to make that thing work. And then one person got called into work for the weekend, and the other person didn't show up. So me and Steve Rabideau ran this entire three-day event. And you know what? If you wanted to nitpick at the problems, the problems we had were because we didn't have enough hands to go around. And people were really understanding slash forgiving slash let me jump in there and help you because I get what's happening. And, uh, yeah, it it was just amazing. And I was glad. uh, I think it was – Gibbs. Gibbs was on a podcast soon after that. He talked about, uh, he said, you know, it's really just focused on the individual player. It's not about winning the events for the weekend. And, you know, they had mints and they had all sorts of, uh, you know, baked goods and you could get cheap beer and there was a ton of room. And I thought, okay, they get it. People get it. They understand what we're shooting for. I, I think we're underselling 15 people in one event walking with a huge, walking away with a huge base model. Like, that is that is a gargantuan part it's of a big my. Number. It's a it's a big. It's, it's a lot of people. And the challenge this year was we didn't want all the big bases to be the stuff from the mystery boxes, right? Yeah. We wanted mm. to we wanted to you know find a variety, and then they just kept coming out with more mystery boxes with more big bases. So, <laughs> <laughs> I you know I, we tried to have a variety, but uh, you know PP kind of foiled us there. Um, but I, I think people just appreciate walking away with a huge base. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. And then this year we're doing a couple things different. Uh, we're going to have what we're calling best in brawl. We're going to keep track of everyone's record with their faction. And the person on Sunday that between tournaments and scrambles has the best record with their faction is going to get a special medallion that we cut on a laser cutter. And uh, it, 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 we, we tried to come up with a clever phrase for every faction and their medallion. Wow. For example, uh, uh, the uh, the Menoth one says it's the holier than thou award. <laughs> That's awesome. And then for for convergence, we did. Uh, uh, I, I figured out what the word feet was in binary, and I put that on the yeah on the, on, the, on the medallion. Oh <laughs> um, so you know, and it's not even like a, a proxy base of any kind. It's just a big medallion. I figure people can use it as a feet token. They can hang it on a wall. They can do yeah. something cool with mm-hmm. it. 
and, and also going along those lines of something really cool, I mean, Jeff and I won the first Boker Brawl team tournament. I, you know, I got the medal, something, a, a medal that you almost never see for event prizes. And then the, the second year, uh, the team that I was on got second. We got the flasks. It was just some really cool things that you don't normally see at events like this. Yeah, we're trying. We're trying. And, you know, some things, some things are hit or some things are missed, but we're definitely more on hit now. And the, the last thing I'd say about it is um, there are lots of folks who I think would love to be on a team but don't know four other people or, you know, don't feel they're good enough to say, I'd like to be on your team. And I just want to tell anyone who's listening, people love playing on team events they love getting together, planning, strategizing. That's half the fun. Just contact me. I have people now looking for teams. I will find you a team. Yep. Uh, real quick, uh, and then we can move on to your topics that you chose. Um, the date of the event and how many team slots you have left. Okay, so it's October 4th through October 6th. We have room for 32 teams. Uh, I have 19 teams registered. And what, okay. I norm, what normally happens is right after Nova, I get like another little burst of teams. I'm not worried mm-hmm. about selling out, but you definitely want to reserve your spot. Okay. And then uh, if you're signing up for the team event, it, it, and I'll tell you, the only thing that worries me in terms of, of planning and executing is uh, if, if everyone who's currently signed up with the team suddenly were to sign up for one of our Friday events, I'd start running out of room. Yep. So and and I'm I have no problem creating a second big base brawl if the numbers warrant with uh, you know equal prize support like you know so so 15 of 32 people are walking away with a huge base if I have a <laughs> if I have another 20 person big base brawl within 10 out of 20 are going to walk away with a huge base right just about just about 50 percent yeah but in order to, to to know to do that I need people to to register they say oh you know I'll do it later please just get it done yeah. You know, I, ha- I have to plan. I have to. I have to order models. I have to order the prizes. You know, um, so that would help me. Yeah, that uh, late signups is something that has plagued the War Machine community for seemingly forever. We saw it really hurt Nova bad this year. Yeah. So, so please, if, if you want to play in the brawl, do do your best to sign up as soon as possible. And if you don't do PayPal, uh, last year, you know. P- People work things out with me, right? Because this isn't about an, uh, this isn't a, a corporation's money grab, right? We're we're, we're yeah, gamers exactly. running running an event, so we can work something out. All right, awesome. Uh, so, <clears throat> for everyone that doesn't know, uh, Seth has pretty much most mostly complete control over this podcast. <laughs> so, what are our topics, Seth? Well, I think what we're going to do is we're going to start with Doctor Berger's Nerd Credibility Scale. For those of you who are not familiar, uh, Dr. Berger originally uh, piloted his nerd credibility scale on his own podcast back in the day, the Dark Omen podcast, and he would bring on people, and and he and uh, the host would go through a series of questions to establish someone's nerd credibility. So uh, I talked to Dr. Berger, who is both an expert in culture and the culinary arts, and um we went through the questions, and, you know, he's really expanded the scale now. So after you answer your questions, depending upon the answers you give, you get a numerical rating. And when it's oh all God. done, when it's all done, you are either Mr. Credible, a very credible nerd, or you're the Uncredible Hulk. Okay. 
quite the scale of uh, good to not so good. <laughs> you know, it, look, look, Riker, if you're worried that you're going to bomb the whole thing, don't start making fun of the scale now. Right? That's just, you're, just tip, you're just tipping your hand. I'm just, you know, maybe I could get a C. I don't know. <laughs> what'll be is what'll be. And, and hey, the both of you will always be nerds in my book. It doesn't matter what Dr. Berger says about you. Okay, so the first question. Ninja or pirates? Uh, I'm going to go with ninjas. Why? Uh, <clears throat> ninjas are easier to quantify. We know that if there are more ninjas, they'll be weaker. If there are fewer ninjas, they'll be stronger. Ah, that's an I'm, interesting uh, rationale. I'm actually going to go pirate. So uh, both of these uh, roles were like basically peasants or criminals that are just trying to make their way in the world and... I mean, I don't, I'm not really a sneaky person, if anyone's met me in person. Uh, so, uh, drinking and whatever, you gotta die of something, so scurvy's okay. Not brushing your teeth, great way to go. <laughs> Alright, see, I would go with ninja. And I go with ninja because pirates look like they smell. They do smell. I mean, just because they look like they smell, ninjas smell too. It's not like soap wasn't expensive. I think it's day. a fairly safe bet that they do smell, but they look like they smell and that's worse. Ah... Uh... It's All the right. double whammy, dude. <laughs> now, uh, now, uh, Mr. Riker, you are familiar with question number two. So okay. uh, why don't you talk, after I ask the question and after we give answers, I'd like you to share a, a little bit about the history of this question. Sure. Who's your Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle? Who would you go with? <laughs> uh, okay, so uh, back in, I think it was 2013, uh, all the Connecticut folks went to War Machine Weekend, and uh, I wore a Donatello hat. And uh, being the social butterfly that I am, uh, instead of being a normal person saying, hey, how's it going? Uh, you know, where are you from? Yada, yada, yada. I said, hey, how's it going? Who's your favorite Ninja Turtle? And uh, I got, got made fun of a little bit for it, but that's okay. Because then it became a uh, very good way to find out what kind of person a nerd is. So, uh, Jeff, who is your favorite Ninja Turtle? <clears throat> My favorite Ninja Turtle is... Hmm. It... Do I mean, you need me to tell you who they are? No, the problem is it's it's, it's the same Ninja Turtle as Riker, so. Is but it? I guess we'll, yeah, is we'll it? just get out. It's Raphael. Why? Uh, <clears throat> so when I was a young lad, the brooding emotional issues of Raphael spoke to me. Mm-hmm. Yep. So uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw a, a monkey wrench in there and say that it is not Raphael. Uh, it is Leonardo. That is because swords are the best. I don't care that Psy break them immediately. <laughs> they are still the coolest easily. And he's the leader. He's the guy that everybody listens to. What does Raph do? He gets everybody in trouble because he can't control his emotions. I like how this is exactly the opposite of our paradigm in life. I appreciate that. <laughs> this is why we look up to these characters. And that's why Leonardo is easily the best. Now, now, interesting to note, I am old enough that I read Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles as a black and white comic. Oh, I just wanted to make sure that when you said red, it wasn't like the stop motion animation where they, they put the text box up whenever a character talks? No, ba back, back in the day, they used to have paper that was bound together. Yes, yes, some would call it a comic book. Yes, yes. and uh, I don't... 
I don't want to talk about age because I got asked if I've ever seen a floppy disk today. <laughs> I, I, I guess that's a good thing, right? Like I, I'm young, right? So like that's a that's a question. <laughs> so Seth, who's your who's your Ninja Turtle? Wait, wait, before before that, you know, you want to talk about, about, I make a lot of age jokes, right? Because in this crowd, I'm certainly an older person. Well, I'm a drunk machine a couple weeks ago. And Nate M., who's one of my favorite people, don't tell him I said that. Uh, I said, hey, you know, I'm turning 50 in December, and like, I want to do some kind of cool gamer thing for 50. And he looks at me and goes, you're going to be 50? You look great! <laughs> I said, I'm that old that I have to look good for my age. <laughs> I mean, you you do look good for you. I mean, so. you do. I'm, I'm not going to argue with him. He's a smart guy. <laughs> but it, it was just this odd moment where, like, wow, I'm old enough that I look good for my age. Uh, but mine is Raphael as well. Uh, he is clearly the best. That was the best answer for that question. Um, I don't want to give too much away there. Uh-huh. <laughs> but, uh huh. But I I like the broody of Raphael, and I like later in the cartoons how they made him the most New York. I don't see that as a plus, personally. <laughs> what? Well, again, you gave, you gave an inferior answer, so that would make it's sense. Right. It's okay. All right, so let's move on. Question number three. Who is the best fictional AI? Any kind of artificial intelligence character you wish to choose. I can give you some... I can prompt you with some characters if you need. Hmm. Do you know yours, Riker? You can go. All right. Um, <clears throat> so my choice for best AI is uh, Samantha from the movie Her. Uh, it won uh, best original screenplay, I believe. Uh, yes, yes, it the did. Oscar. Um, that w- that would be my choice. the The gripping story of a man who is divorced and is emotionally shattered and recluses himself from society and is able to re-enter it through this uh, love with a AI uh, operating system basically is a phenomenal story. Sure, sure, good. Uh, Hal. Hal 9000? Yeah. Ooh, that's Space a good one. It's just, I love the, love the murder. <laughs> yeah, it, he... he... And what I really like about Hal 9000 uh, as, as an AI character, right, he, he loses his mind because he's been given conflicting commands, right? It, it actually it, it makes sense that he would break down and, and, and lose himself uh, because he was told, keep the mission secret, but, uh, you know, protect all the people on the ship, and, and he just lost it. Um, I actually went with the Bishop from, uh, from Aliens. Oh, that's okay. a good one as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, there there was there was the same kind of conf- conflicting orders given, uh, and at the same time, he gets some redemption at the end. I I, I appreciated that character. Yeah, one the, the redemption th- arc for him is really good. Yeah, yeah, agree. One of the big things for me is more of a concept. I didn't want to just name it. Was just just Blade Runner replicants. Yeah, that's uh, a sure, really sure, yeah. tough concept to kind of wrap your brain around. Like you know, you never know if you are or you're not, and it's a, well. Uh, Nice, nice nod to, to Rucker Hauer, you know, uh, having, oh, yeah. having we just lost him, right? Mm-hmm. Someone told me, or maybe I read it, I don't remember, that his soliloquy at the end, you know, the, the, the tears in the rain, that that was ad-libbed. Yeah, it was really? improvised. Wow. That, that was amazing. Yeah. It's absolutely the best part of that film, in my opinion. He's phenomenal. If you enjoy him as an actor, I would really recommend uh, Lady Hawk. Oh, I loved Lady Hawk. 
Yeah. Again, old enough to have seen it in the theater. All right. Uh, so let's go on to question number four. It's a it's a star star uh, Star Wars question. Little trivia. So, who did the Empire hire in the Empire Strikes Back? Who were the bounty hunters? Can you name them? All of them. There were not that many in the scene that you shouldn't be able to name them. I can name Boba Fett. Oh, nice job, Boba Fett. Real risk taker there. <laughs> uh, uh, I'm sorry. Let me, let me, let me, let me, let me get in front of you real quick. All you, um, all you, buddy. So I don't know who was in the movie, but I know the bounty hunters. Uh, okay. Uh, we okay. have Bosk. Yep. Have Dengar. Yep. We have IG88. Yep. Uh, Forlom. Yep. Um. Uh, I don't know if this is. Uh, I know Cad Bane is a bounty hunter. I don't know if he is not nope. one of the bounty hunters. It's the one next. To, you're only missing the one next to Forlom. Next to Forlom. Dum 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 No, I was so confident at the start. <laughs> um, Imagine crashing and burning on your own podcast. I don't know. Zuckus. Damn it. Yeah, no, that was good, Riker. I was very impressed. Uh, okay, so so Jeff, you're going with zero for that answer, right? You just, you got nothing there except Boba. Oh, you got Boba Fett. That's one, isn't it? <laughs> Is the only one with an actual line in that scene of all the bounty hunters, except if you count Boss growling. Uh, Is he, he's the only one that dies too, right? I'm pretty sure. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, uh, favorite cookie. What is your favorite cookie? Hmm. Um, I didn't think this would take you that long. Uh, so I probably don't really have one. What? I mean, what? I was going to say there's no wrong answer here, except you just gave that answer. <laughs> Negative 30 points. Screw Raphael. <laughs> Leonardo's the best. <laughs> I'm, I'm not a cookie guy. I don't know. Um, I make gingerbread cookies every year around Christmas. Oh, I see. There's a good answer. All right, gingerbread yeah. cookies, nice. Are you um, a ca- are you a cakey guy or are you a brownie guy? Uh, I d- I don't really eat desserts actually. I can tell you're like 93 pounds. I <laughs> I wish. <laughs> um, tagalongs. Any any oh, sort of tagalongs? Good choice. Good choice. Um, I'm 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 a pie guy, but uh, any any sort of peanut butter anything is is good for me. All right. Good answers, everyone. Nice. I enjoy tagalongs. Mm. Okay, I've got to cut out question number six because we're family friendly. Oh, boy. Uh, thank you. <laughs> thank goodness you said something. <laughs> so, what color was your first basic D&D book? Oh. Jeff, do you Mine know had or... art on it. <laughs> or, or do you mean the basic? The... Your first D&D base, basic D&D book. <laughs> Oh, okay. Mine had art on it because it was 5th edition. 5th edition was your first? Yeah. I mean, I'm not much better. 4th was mine, but... Okay, in case you're curious, the correct answer is Mimeograph Blue. Silly me. I was so close. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that came out in, uh, I believe it was 78. I had a copy, um... And I don't have it anymore, but makes me sad. Uh, so that was like a <clears throat> a small 18 years before my birth. It's uh, just a, a quick trip to adulthood. 
if you're just going to throw up crappy excuses for the rest of the questions, you just might as well bow out now. I mean, that's a reasonable excuse. <laughs> I was born in 91. <laughs> I had a master's degree by then. I wasn't even a twinkle in the eye yet. <laughs> uh, next question. Gentlemen, Doctor Who or Star Trek? Star Trek. Uh, so, one of these shows airs episodes in their actual order. And the other one requires a viewing guide just to watch it, to follow any sort of storyline. So Star Trek all day. All right. There was no wrong answer there. It's just curious which one you preferred. Yeah. Okay. Uh, top three Marvel MCU movies. <sighs> Mine's going to be biased, but that's okay. <laughs> well, I mean, this is a very personally biased question. Right. We are evaluating your nerd credibility, gentlemen. Mm. I have good news. There are roughly only three actually good uh, MCU movies. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> they're Infinity War, uh, Thor Ragnarok, and Black Panther. Wow. What was the third one? I oh, Black Panther, did you say? Black Panther. Okay. Mr. Riker. Wow. Oh, my goodness. Um, so, uh, I mean, it's not MCU, but but Logan is, is, my, is my number one. What? Um, what so, the question was MCU only, right? He said, he said Marvel or MCU. No, no, oh, okay. no, no. It was top three Marvel MCU movies. Oh, garbage! None of them, because Logan. Again, better. I see you attacking the questions. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know. It's because like, he knows that Leonardo was too many negative points. I, I, I gotta make up somehow. Uh, so I mean, I don't know. Um, I I mean pretty much just spider-man spider-man first avengers probably okay Ooh, actually far from home i think edges out black yeah. panther in far mine home, yeah um the animated one was at the into the spider-verse that's not mcu what is that sony it's sony yeah, yeah. dang it yeah. why do i love everything not mcu <laughs> no i mean it's because they're better than all the mcu yeah, movies okay, like, I guess. Uh, really because for, for me uh my my top three marvel thor ragnarok was on there i thought that was yeah mm-hmm uh, Winter Soldier, I loved, and Age of Ultron, okay. I loved. I, I liked both. It's, really, it's one of those like you you forget what events happened in which movie. Yes, I know. They all were all just kind of blend together. So like Civil War was 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 really good. It's just I don't know. I think Age of Ultron is quite clearly the worst of all the Avengers. Wow. And I'm 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 genuinely curious as to why you think so. Um, just the stakes are so high and they're just quipping back and forth. I feel it ruins the complete tone of the film. Is that a Joss Whedon one? Uh, I think Joss Whedon only did the first one, right? Okay. I don't know. I'm asking. Uh, all right. Just curious. Um, okay. So let's move on. Uh, you know, uh, referencing Logan there. What's the best way to kill Wolverine? Be Magneto. <laughs> Well, in the, in the comics, he did survive a Magneto assassination attempt, so that's an incorrect answer, but please oh, keep going. Geez. His latest death right is uh, he was covered in adamantium, I believe. Yes, he was. That was his official death, but uh, so that would make it suffocation, right? They, they, okay. they had said for a long time uh, in, in the Marvel writers, you know, it said it was drowning him was really your most reliable, likely way mm. to kill Wolverine. Uh, is the sword still canon? Like the sword he gave to Cyclops that he killed Sabretooth with? Yeah, I believe okay. so. I believe so. 
Uh, okay, so um, the next one is a fill in the blank. All right. So Marvel slash Disney has announced the next phase of MCU films. The Fantastic Four will be blank. Oh, was that announced? Yes, they just announced it at Comic-Con. They said there's going to be a Fantastic Four. And that movie's going to be blank. Average? Okay. Uh, Amazing. Amazing, really? Going Uh, out on a limb there. So, the big thing that I've been waiting for, and uh, the Fox, the first Fox version gets a lot of flack for it, but... I'm I'm kind of tired of the let's take a superhero movie and make it really like kind of dark and gritty, um, and uh, Fantastic Four and X Men are near and dear to my heart for how bright they were, and it's just all the colors and all the the nonsense that they can do with like the thing, mm. and also we've come a, f- a long way with just cinema in general with special effects and everything like that. Sure. I mean, you go back to the old Fantastic Four, you have. Um, can't remember the actor's name walking around in a gigantic suit and all that other stuff they don't have to do that anymore right. um i mean you look at the evolution of the hulk over the years like it's been it's that's what i'm really excited for yeah i understand that it's a good answer okay. is there a director or writer tied to it yet uh, no they just announced it uh oh, okay. and and it's and it's way out there it's a couple years oh okay okay so we're in the home stretch here okay what does usagi yojimbo mean and who is that character Uh, yeah. Nani? No. Is that the is that the rabbit samurai? Yes. Nailed it. Wow. Very good. Usagi Ujimbo means rabbit bodyguard. Um, and truthfully, it is an outstanding series of comics uh, that you can pick up in trade paperback format. It's it's really very good. That sounds familiar, actually. Yeah, it, it it's 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 pretty tremendous, and his characters that 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 flow through the story. There's an eventually an overarching. Uh, plot develops through the different stories. It's very good. They had a all crossover right. with the turtles, right? Yes, they have a couple of crossovers with the turtles. Um, all right. Second to last question. Okay. Why don't people like Tom Hoffman? Uh, I don't know. It's all got- oh, wait, Riker, you got it. You got the answer. People don't like Tom Hoffman because he's too tall. I mean, um, he is. He's a very tall man. He's de- he's deceptively tall. It's not like Mike. It's not like Wilcom, who like stands next to you, and you know you're standing next to a giant, right? It's like you know Hoffman suddenly stands up, and you got to crane your neck upward. I just I can't stand that. So, so. Uh, not only that, um, anyone who has played uh, against Mark II Doomreaver spam, he could just he could just die in a fiery pit in hell. There's yeah. that too. Yeah. Every um, last one of you can thank Tom Hoffman. So, um, yeah, that would be my main answer. Yeah. Um, All right, gentlemen, answer. last question. What is your plan for the zombie apocalypse? Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> Jeff, do you want to go? Uh, go north. Go, go north. Go north. Go north. Okay. <laughs> I have, uh, <clears throat> I grew up on a horse farm. I did so not I... know that. That's really cool. I'm ready. To, I'm ready to grab a horse and go north. <laughs> All Let's right. do it. Nice. Please, Riker. What's your plan? As big of an explosion as I can make possible. <laughs> Say that again. As big of an explosion as I can make possible. Blaze of glory. Okay. I'm gonna All t- right. Try well. and try, attract as many as possible. Say, so get on over here and try and 
Just be like, hey, everybody, I'm going to distract as many things as possible in this area at this time, and then it's going to go kaboom, so get away. <laughs> so your, your plan is to actually help Jeff survive the apocalypse by distracting the zombies so he can ride away on his horse. I feel like there aren't going to be a lot of zombies near a horse farm, so I'm probably going to be more like a more like a cityscape, unless he's got like a like a police horse in New York City. Gotcha. Why would like you a... go to a city? You hate cities. I hate zombies, so... <laughs> it goes, and there's lots of people hand. to turn into zombies in cities, so I, I'm kind of confused as to why you're moving closer to the city. Bigger explosion. Okay. Well, unfortunately for me, you know, after one of my family members gets bitten, spreads it to the rest of the family, I have to tie them all down to the bed. I go half crazy trying to keep them alive. I end up finding survivors and chopping them up and feeding them to the family. Finally, to the love of a good woman, saves me from myself and moves me to a survivor's compound where, ironically, a family member of one of the people I chopped up and kills kills me. Okay. Yeah. All right. So let me do some quick math here. Was that that a Walking Dead storyline? No, I just I just was talking. That's just Is it is the love of the good woman a woman that's like not your wife? I'm about to say, does your wife know about this place? Didn't I didn't I mention that she's already zombified? Oh, died okay. in bed and I have to I feed her to keep her alive. About this one. <laughs> that's unfortunate. This plan does not require This plan does not require wife approval. So right. I barely well, I mean, got wife zombie, approval so. for this podcast, all right? So let's not push our luck. That's fair. That's fair. All right, let me do some quick math here. And uh, I have determined by adding some, some scores here that I actually made the whole scoring thing up and there is no actual score. I just enjoyed asking these questions and having a great nerd discussion about nerd topics. Well You're done, a gentlemen. Monster. Yes, Thank yes. You. It's been so hard. Yeah, and good for you. I was one bounty hunter off. I was off. Oh, <laughs> and, we, we, and we were proud. We felt pride. Uh-huh. Okay, so... We have established that we are all nerds, so let's go to some War Machine discussion. Okay. And I want to know genuinely and truly, mm-hmm. and it doesn't have to be this past week, you can kind of put some experiences together. What's the last great thing you learned about your gameplay? What did you learn this week in War Machine? Hmm. That's a good question. Thank you. Um... So, as we've said multiple times in the past, um, there are, are very few players that, uh, I mean, everybody can joke around saying, oh yeah, everybody makes mistakes. There are players that are getting, you know, 500 games a year that, that rarely make mistakes. But as, as someone who is not that caliber, um, the biggest thing for me, uh, realization-wise, and I talked to Jeff about this, um, a quality I have as a player is that I put too much weight on list building and trying to win the game before it's played. I think a lot of players fall into the theory machine trap where they talk in circles, being like, well, I bring X. Well, Y answers that. Well, I bring Z. Well, Y also answers that, or X answers that. And there's a lot of talk, 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 and then you put it on the table, and, yup, if I got a boosted six, that was supposed to solve that problem. I didn't get it, so what happens now? Hmm. Hmm. Okay. Um, so yeah, that would be the biggest thing for me, is that trying to uh, build lists less with trying to plan for the entire meta, and just trying to build good, solid lists. All right. Jeff, what do you got? Um, so for me, something I really struggled when I came back with was scenario play, because the scenarios are radically different than the last mm-hmm. time I played. Sure. 
So just remembering, always score a point, always deny as many points as possible was something that took me like a good amount of games to like hammer down and like just always have in the back of my head. Excellent. I, uh, I've been participating in the uh, Mark Howard Dojo Scrum because in the summertime my, my schedule gets a little more flexible. I can uh, you know, take a ride down to South Jersey one day a week to meet someone for a game. And actually uh, some folks actually volunteered. They drove up to me for, for a game, which was really nice. That was great. Ooh. Yeah. Um, so one of the neat things about the Scrum format is you have the week, right, to think about your matchup. And one of my weaknesses as a player, one of my many Many weaknesses as a player is yeah, <laughs> is, uh, is is the list selection, right? I, I, I'm not good at identifying mm. a list that's a danger to me or when I'm a danger to a list. So because I had a whole week to really just kind of sit there and stare at these two things, I could say, oh, well, wait a second. Uh, you know, this is uh, this is a, a high-powered gun. This is going to get across the table really fast. I, I better not take this slow-moving list. I better take this fast-moving list. And because I had time to really sit and think about it, I have begun to develop that skill. So on Saturday, when I was uh, playing in a little three-round tournament at Togit, um, I three out of three games, I picked the right list. And I can't say nice. that. That, that I've done that with any kind of great frequency. Um, so, yeah, that's what I learned this week. I also speaking learned that I hate that, strength uh, of schedule, but, you know, that that's something different. <laughs> um, speaking about your uh, dojo, we, uh, we actually started a scrum up in Poughkeepsie. Excellent. Um, and I cannot agree more about the um, talking, uh, yep. about um, going through the week. Uh, we're into our semifinals now. And even up to this day, I had multiple people asking me, like, hey, what do you think of this matchup? What do you think of this? What do you think of that? And it was just going through. And like you were saying, you could run through every possible game that's in front of you because you know right. the scenario. You know the, the lists. Like, everything is out in the open. It's open information. Whereas when you're in a steamroller, you know, round three, you've been playing for, for eight hours. or Okay, who cares? Any amount of time. And you look at lists, you're like, I don't know. I'm yeah, gonna play list yeah, one. yeah. Like, yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, I'm good for three games. That game four, you know, do you just want to roll some dice and, and just go to the bar? Like, you know, um, I, I honestly think that the scrum format is the is the near future. You know what I mean? For at least for a little while, um, because one of the things that's been plaguing a lot of clubs is people as as the player base is getting out of college and getting jobs and, you know, getting married and having kids. People are having trouble with that committing that one day a week, that same day every week. And the Mm -hmm. scrum is the format for them to say, Hey, I can get a day a week. It just can't necessarily be Thursday or it can't be Sunday. Um, You know, uh, I'm so glad you guys started a scrum. You know, Mark Howard scrum is remarkably successful. Uh, We're starting a scrum in, uh, in August for the NJSOBs and uh, lots of folks who we haven't seen regularly are interested in being in the scrum. So it must be something good. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I also think that the the 3.5 drop imminent is uh, bringing some folks out of the woodwork all. Huge deal. It's yeah. exciting. Yeah, folks who, who have kind of stepped away from the game are asking questions, getting you know thinking about getting back in, planning lists. Um, you know, it's, it's, so I'm really hoping that, that that brings some folks back. All I right. think it will. I'm already seeing people yeah. that were not interested in the game come back. Yeah. <laughs> 
Uh, and, you know, until the company, not, not to go to a negative place, but until the company starts investing in expanding the player base, this is what we're going to have to do for ourselves if we want to, you know, push models around on the table and play games with people. Yeah. Okay, so then my last segment before I turn the podcast back over to you gentlemen. Uh, and this segment is called I Wish I Were a Fish. And for those who are curious, it is a reference to an old 1964 Don Knotts movie, The Incredible Mr. Limpet. Um, if I could give you a magic wand and you could change one thing, just one thing, and not some kind of ridiculous overarching thing that changes everything... But one thing about our beloved game, or community, or hobby, what would it be? Hmm. Um, one thing. I have my answer, if you want me to go first. Okay. Uh, oh, I can go first? I, I don't, you want me to go first? Or... I, I can go first. Go I can go first. Uh, so, <clears throat> I would delete Primal Terrors. <laughs> wow. Really? Yeah, just poof, gone. <laughs> so you, you just that that's just gonna fix something for you right there, and you'll be as happy as a clam, and no primal tears. Oh, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Be... Okay. I'd be very happy. He doesn't have to buy a chosen. So. Yeah. <laughs> Jeff Fredrickson, community builder. At... <laughs> and the team voice, everybody's enjoying and playing. It's dead. It's gone. Deal with it. People, people only enjoy it because it was the only good one. Okay, uh, just um, just just for future reference, Jeff, I'm not giving you the magic wand. Okay. <laughs> no. <bad. laughs> um, so I would um, uh, shift power of Junia back to Runes of War. Ah, uh, good one. That was one. easily my favorite theme force of the entirety of Mark II. The, the yeah, two walls. Yeah. The, it made thematic sense because of the rune shapers. I can look sure. rocks together. Um, starting with fury on the stone was amazing. And um, if I had known that PP was not going to combine power of Junior with another thing, um, I really would have tried to, I mean, obviously we have no power, but I would have tried to really push for uh, some sort of help in some way because their only units are Junior not in rune shapers and the stone yep. itself. So that's really limiting. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, what I really liked was all. I think it's a huge positive shift. Is all of the Legion theme changes? They are amazing. They're yeah. thematic. They open up the restrictions. The Legion easily had the most restrictive theme forces in the game. Yep. Uh, yep. And just overnight, literally tomorrow, when the War Room update goes through, like your list creations are limitless, and it's yeah. so cool. Yeah. And I, I wish that everyone. If you have strong theme forces, if they became a little more thematic. Now, mm. uh, Exalted Legion getting a movable object, I don't know if I agree with 100%, but that's neither here nor there. Right. You could have right. used your wand, dude. Yeah. yeah no, 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 I, I'd rather get the back. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I was, I was talking to someone about this general topic, and, you know, and I oversimplified. I, you know, I'm going to qualify my comment. But it was like Mark II was... All sorts of different lists, but the same casters we saw over and over again. And yeah. then okay. Mark mm -hmm. III was all the different casters in all the same lists. Yes. I'm really hoping uh, to, once tomorrow hits, and you know, I may have even taken a half day off of work so I could uh, spend some time <laughs> with my war room. I'm the boss. I get to do I that. I mean, you're the boss, right? Yeah. Um, 
uh, you know, I'm really hoping we see just tons and tons of variety. Uh, you know, and, and it's funny that brings me to to another uh, topic, which I didn't uh, run by you guys ahead of time. I hope it's okay, because uh, I just I've been thinking about this a lot this week. I read an article this week about magic. I've never played magic. I believe both of you guys did at some point. Yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I play. It yeah. Decently, man. All right. So uh, I was reading an article about Magic: The Gathering, and apparently, at one point, the hobby was dominated by these. Um, uh, uh, big money tournaments, right? You could go play and you know win ten thousand, win you know fifty thousand, win a million, whatever it was. Sure. Apparently, the company discovered that over time, what it was doing was was driving out the regular player because people said, "Well, I can never afford to be to hang in this level tournament. I can never yes. really possibly win this thing." And they refocused the game, switched up some formats, switched up something they were doing with the way cards were distributed, and they really focused on the everyday player. Uh, and that's been very, very successful for them. I, Sorry if I'm not, not getting some of these details right. I just never played Magic. You're fine. Oh, sure. Um, <clears throat> so basically this happened during the Time Spiral block. Uh, that was the first time uh sales and organized play levels like varied from each other okay and basically the time spiral block was so complex that new pl- uh not not just new players but casual players simply could not comprehend everything they could do with their cards right so they they just they stopped playing uh and they stopped uh buying cards yeah but the entrenched players that played competitively and went to these tournaments every week even, not even like big money ones, but even like your local, yeah, just like the regular everyday just ones. Your your weekly like steamroller. Uh, sure, I got gotcha. you. Thing like they would, they kept going, they kept buying cards, they kept playing. So you you kept seeing tournaments growing and getting bigger, but they were making less and less money. Gotcha. And so basically, they restructured the game uh, into. New World Order, which was a pretty subtle shift where they made uh, cards at the common level much easier to understand and play with, and they kind of retooled how they did uh, set mechanics a little bit, but not actually too much to really affect like the higher rarity stuff. Okay. Um, so I thought this was pretty analogous to, to the War Machine community right now. I think we oversuffer from hero worship. I think we, we, we chase down that top player's top list. And, um, you know, uh, I think we're going to benefit from seeing lots of variety in lists and lots of different ways to play things. And I'm hoping we don't get all hung up on, okay, um, you know, we have all these new themes. We have all these new rules. We have this dynamic update. What did McWaters bring to the last tournament? And that isn't a knock on McWaters. I like him a lot. He's a friend of mine. I just mean that you know that's you know we look at that those top top players, um, and and want to know what they're playing and I and I'm not sure that's doing us any good. Okay. And I also think, you know, and, and again I, I didn't want to talk brawl all all cast long, but mm-hmm. one of the focuses of the brawl was we didn't really want a a weekend winner, right? We wanted lots of ways for people to win to make to to make their play feel like it counted. Yeah, for sure. And I think that. The company would do well to do a little more of that, also. So, at, at major events in Europe, um, best in faction is a common thing. No yeah. kidding. It came it came from 40k, uh, where they their their leaderboards are not. They have a general leaderboard, but the main leaderboard is who is best in each faction. Wow, uh, I did not know that. And I would love if 
Um, they could even do like an IG just for factions. Yeah. So yeah. they have, you know, at the beginning of the year, you sign up as a faction and you earn points as a faction. And then a representative from every one of the factions shows up to lock and load for the IG finals. And you'll have multiple people. So, like, if the first place Kator player can't make it, the second place Kator player gets invited. And mm, so on that's and cool. so forth. And yeah, I like after that. After that, if you want to have a 32 person event, what is there, 13, 14 factions? I don't know off the top of my head. I you believe we're up to. I believe Infernals is 14 or 13. I think so. Yeah. Okay. So you have, like you have 13 or 14 people representing every faction, and then the, the rest of the tournament is filled up with the generalist points of all the factions of the players. Interesting. Uh, I like that. So it's that would completely change the focus on what people are bringing to events. Yeah. Yeah. You know, back in Mark 1, um, they used to give faction coins out. You know, you bought a tournament kit, you got a coin for every faction. Yeah. And so... I have a lot of mercenary coins, not because I was a great mercenary player, but because nobody <laughs> nobody played them. So I'd show up at an event, and, and, and Stubbs would be like, "Here's your coin." <laughs> yeah. Hey, thanks. You know, so, but that was it was cool to know that you know what maybe I'm gonna you know not win four games today, but if I wait play well enough in my faction, you know I'm gonna I'm gonna walk away with a coin. That's kind of cool. Coins over pins any day of the week. Oh, yeah. I'm with you there. It- I, I would like to see them go back to the coins or I something. I love them so yeah. much. Well, those medals, I, 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 I don't know. I don't like those things either. <laughs> they're they're just cheap. They feel plastic, right? Like well, you can, they are. You can buy the premium ones that are like uh, like a coin on a ribbon, and at that point, just make me a coin. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, gentlemen, that was all I had planned to talk about. I don't know if you, you had some, I mean, we, we've already been recording about an hour now, so I'm not sure if there's anything you wanted to get in as part of your, your regular cast. Uh, I think that about fills it in. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Um, so I just, uh, just want to say thank you very much, Seth, for joining us. Really oh, gosh, it. great fun. It was great fun. And if you haven't Patreon these guys yet, Look, you got to support people in the community who are out there doing really cool things and, and, and you know, expanding our community and making it uh, a lot of fun to be a War Machine player. So please Patreon these guys. Or just write them a check if you don't like a monthly deduction from your your account. Because, you know, that may scare some older folks. <laughs> Thank you very Thank much, you, Seth. Seth. All right. This has been Battle Driven. Thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs>